This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. We've got a serious lead problem here in Illinois, but we're not getting the needed funding to solve it. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Illinois has more lead service lines than any other state in the nation. So when federal dollars to replace lead pipes were being divvied up, state officials expected to get the lion's share. But the biggest chunk of money actually went to Florida. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency recently announced how it's divvying up the funds, and environmental lawyers say it's not adding up. Here to dig into the details is Michael Hawthorne, an environment and public health reporter for the Chicago Tribune. How much federal funding did Illinois receive to replace lead pipes? And then why did officials think that we would receive much more? So the, the total um, the total package was in the what was called the bipartisan infrastructure bill, one of those big bills that mm-hmm. the Congress and President Biden negotiated last year. And there's 15 billion specifically set aside for lead service line replacement nationwide. And in this first batch, there's three billion for this this budget year. And of that, uh, Illinois got 230 million and uh, Florida got about 252 million. And so they EPA did a survey and they based the numbers in part in terms of the numbers that each state got on this survey. And the, the confusing thing, the perplexing thing from the standpoint of lawyers who follow this very closely, policy nerds in Washington, you know, in the environmental yeah. community, is that Florida, based on what utility groups uh, had estimated after the Flint, Michigan water crisis mm-hmm. in 2015, they estimated that Florida has about 200,000 lead service lines. And um, all of a sudden, well, and then also, so uh, one of these environmental groups, the Natural Resources Defense Council, followed up with each state and said, "What you know? What are you doing with regards to inventorying your service lines?" And the state of Florida wrote a uh, grammatically incorrect one, one or two sentence email back saying they don't track this stuff. Mm. So flash forward to this EPA survey, which was by the way, leave it to the journalist to to recognize the the grammatically incorrect. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on, please. It was like like an agency um, department head. I'm like, come on, you can't. You're you're using the singular when you should be using the plural, please. I would so have noticed that. But anyway. So, yeah. So so uh, all of a sudden, the the reporting to the EPA that was used for the official decision making to divvy up the money, all of a sudden Florida has six times as many. And yeah, they, they don't they, explain they're not reporting why that they've got more than I think more than point, Illinois. That's what they're saying. One million. And so there were all these headlines, you know, at the time, this was a month, about a month ago, saying Florida has the most. Florida has the most. And you know, this kind of simple stories, and nobody really pushing back on that. And so I was I was writing a related story within the last month or so about Chicago finally installing 
or new copper pipes replacing the lead pipes at the same time the city mm-hmm. is replacing water mains, something that would save time and money that the city has resisted doing until state lawmakers made them yeah. do it. And this is convenient for the city of Chicago at the very end of that program. So there's only about 80 miles left of about 500 plus miles that have been replaced of water mains. They're going to have to go back in and like dig up the street again and replace the lead service lines now. Anyway, so this one street uh, in Little Village, they were finally doing it at the same time. And I was talking with various people, knowledgeable people about this. And they and kind of as an aside, really, Mm -hmm. they said, what's up with Florida getting more money than Illinois? And I'm like, I, I guess I had missed the headlines before right, when I was working on something else. And, and so I just started asking around about it. I'm just curious how, the, how they went from the 200,000 lead service They're not talking about that. To 1.1 1. 1 yeah. million. Where did those pipes come from? Uh, well, one of the lawyers I talked to said that um, they made a lot of assumptions uh, with regards to if a service line or a pipe, this is, you know, the pipe that conveys water from the street main into a home and usually small apartment buildings. If it was made of, quote, unknown materials, they just assumed it was made of lead. And every state, according to the EPA, has some of those. But there are also some numbers, for example, the uh, Pinellas County, uh, Florida, which is the uh, St. Petersburg, Tampa area. It's a pretty populous county. Yeah. People in that county, in in county government told one of these environmental lawyers that they don't know how to, how the state of Florida got the numbers that they got. So yeah. there's inflated numbers that the state submitted to U.S. EPA. They're not explaining the methodology to anyone. Yeah. I'm told that potentially, although the U.S. EPA would not confirm this uh, for me or to me, um, they're going to go back supposedly and say hey states let's let's see some better numbers we'll give you one more chance to you know get the numbers right oh okay but what's the incentive for florida to give up all that money I or mean, the state of texas I mean, there really isn't as you mentioned uh, you know they said it, it appears the epa assumed pipes made of unknown materials are are, ma- are made of lead is that enough to explain this vastly different number of, of lead pipes that that state's reporting? Yeah, I think, you know, maybe one thing is it's this is a relative. This is a new program. This is a new specific program within the overall congressional appropriations every year to uh, maintain and improve the water infrastructure. So, you know, every year Congress allocates money to the states that is then either loaned or given out as grants for mm-hmm. water main replacement, um, you know, Upgrades at a water treatment plant, sewer lines, all those kinds of things. It's kind of the nuts and bolts basics of of congressional budgeting. Yeah. And so this this bipartisan infrastructure bill specifically set aside this fifteen billion dollars over a number of years, specifically for lead service lines. Now some states are using the the usual money. Illinois has been doing this to an extent. You know, what's called state revolving loan programs to do lead service lines, among other things. So yeah. we have some smaller communities in um, Illinois, Galesburg, Illinois, for example, used the SRF as its known money to replace about 16,000 lead service lines. They've they've taken care of the problem. But then you've got states like Michigan, because of Flint, um, they've been very aggressive about, A, uh, inventorying where their lead service lines are. Mm-hmm. And now they're actually, even the city of Detroit, which is not necessarily known for having functional government 
historically. Um, they've announced recently that they're going to, in the next two years, replace 15,000 lead service lines. And by after that, they're going to go 20,000 a year. Mm. We now in Chicago have only done about 290. So we've got a long way to go and we've got a long, we've got a lot to learn from other cities, Detroit included. Let's take a step back. Michael, because we're talking about funding, but there's more at stake here than just the money. People's health. We should note uh, lead is unsafe at any level. So just remind us of the symptoms. I know we've talked about it here on the program before, but remind us of the symptoms and what can happen when lead from pipes leach into our water. So the symptoms generally are subtle and it's especially uh, harmful to children Exposure to even small amounts of lead early in life, whether it's from the dust from old lead-based paint in older homes built um, before the uh, mid-80s, or I'm sorry, 1978, um, and then also these lead water lines. Now, it's kind of random in both cases. If 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 there's a slug of dust because you've been opening and closing your windows that were painted with lead-based paint, mm-hmm. and the dust gets on the floor, and your child is is crawling around on the floor playing with their toy cars or something yeah. like that, and then they put their hands in their mouths, mm-hmm. they're going to get lead exposure, and that's still a big problem. And back in 2015, I, I I did an investigation where I found that in some of the poorest um, Minority neighborhoods, black and Latino neighborhoods in Chicago, the rate of lead poisoning actually had started creeping back up after declining for several years. And if you overlay that map of these census tracts, you know, mm-hmm. smaller than a neighborhood, a few blocks generally, that it corresponds very kind of disturbingly well with the rate of aggravated assault in those census tracts. Mm, so really? so the idea is that, that, and this has been proven in uh, a big study out of the University of Cincinnati where they've been tracking kids since they were in their mother's wombs and you know, looking at the effect of lead, the signature of lead on their life. And generally what happens is it, if it, it attacks a part of the brain that's responsible for what they call executive function, so judgment and uh, impulse control. And what the University of Cincinnati researchers found is that as lead levels increase, childhood lead levels increase, yeah. later in life, they those kids tended to do worse in school. They tended to do worse, say, in third grade, fifth grade. They tended to flunk out of high school more frequently then they got caught up in the criminal justice system, mm. and they were even able to tie high levels of lead exposure among the participants in this study with violent crime. Yeah. And, I mean, it's remarkable. And then some of those people, they, they, they agreed to have their brains go through an MRI machine. And the scientists who looked at that could actually see how their brains were wired differently. That lead had effectively rewired wow. their brains. And so, you know, it's not something, it's not one of these things like, a, a, you know, certain toxic chemicals from years ago where like babies are born with like malformed limbs or something like that. It's more subtle and it's later in life. Right. And then also, it's not just a childhood issue. It's an adult thing. And it's happening now. It's happening Still. now. That, yeah. that it's other other health problems are influenced and uh, aggravated by lead exposure early in life and all throughout life. And so 
to get back to the water part and end the dust part too, you know, you might open your tap at a certain time of the day and maybe based on the water's been used a lot and the water has been sitting in that lead service line, the straw of toxic metal, you know, you're not going to maybe have a lot of lead in there. But if you haven't used your water in a little while yeah. or, if it, you know, you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you turn on the faucet and pour a glass of water or, or fill up the coffee pot for, mm-hmm. you know, without running the water for a while, you could potentially get a big slug of lead. And what is always frustrated me, I've been writing about this particular issue with lead and water even before the Flint crisis, because here in Chicago in the early 2010s, the U.S. EPA and the Chicago Department of Water Management did a study of what happened to these lead service lines when there was street work done, when when the water main was replaced, when the sewer line on the street was replaced, or how about a plumbing repair? Yeah. The city was installing a lot of water meters in unmetered homes. It turns out that that disrupted a protective coating that is, there's a chemical called orthophosphate that's introduced into the water supply. Mm-hmm. It's harmless to us, but it forms a protective layer on the inside of these lead pipes. And the idea is to prevent the lead from leaching into the water. But this street work and these plumbing repairs disturbs that, jostles it. And then you can get these slugs of lead, the EPA and Chicago Department of Water Management found, um, for weeks or months afterward. Mm. And what makes that so infuriating is the city knew this and they instead of replacing the lead service lines they pinned it on the homeowner said it's up to them to spend the money to replace the service line and then they went in and started doing the water main replacements the kind of work that the their own wow. studies found makes it worse so it's crazy with all of this in mind as we've talked about illinois we've we lead when it comes to lead service lines, but we did not get that uh, chunk of funding that we were expecting. What does all of this mean for, for this state? How far can that money go? What we did get, how far can it go in tackling what is, of course, as you've laid out, a huge lead pipe problem? It, it's a start. And I think, you know, if if I, I, we're going to wait and see how different communities do this. You know, Galesburg, with help of, of the state of Illinois, did a, did their, that work in relatively quick fashion. You know, they had 16,000 service lines. I think they took less than two years to do it. Uh, Newark, New Jersey, they figured out how to do it. They had 25,000, if I remember right. They did it in less than three years, mm, all okay. of them. We have here in Chicago on the order of 400,000. Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. But we're only at 290 in terms of replacing them, we can do a lot better. And that takes, as the as the head of the Newark uh, water system put it to me recently, it takes political will. And while we've had Mayor Lightfoot promising to do something and now Mayor Johnson coming in and saying he's going to do something, mm-hmm. we're still waiting to see it actually happen. How's the EPA vetting this process of, of reporting lead pipes for funding? I mean, is, is there a chance that maybe they could change their funding formula in so, time for next year's round of funding, so it's yeah, I think that's a possibility. More I think proportionate. You're gonna, I think you're going to see members of Congress from certain states that didn't get what they feel is their fair share, maybe writing language into you know a, a budget bill directing the EPA to change things. I could see Senator Durbin, for example, doing that. He is a you know longtime expert in the little arcanity of the federal budget, um, you know. It is interesting. 
to point out that certain states like Texas that got a, a big chunk of money compared to what was projected. Right. All of their congressional delegations voted against the bill that provided this this money. Um, there are others that, for example, the state of Alaska, both senators, Republicans voted for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. They get on the order of $19,000 per service line mm-hmm. in this first chunk of money. Illinois gets about $230 per no. service line. So, you know, but that's maybe one of the ways that the bill got through. It's the old, you know, two things you don't want to see made, sausages and laws. Maybe that's part of what <laughs> we're seeing here. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Michael Hawthorne is an environment and public health reporter for the Chicago Tribune. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Sasha. This episode of Reset was produced by Brenda Ruiz, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Meha Ahmed. Get the biggest headlines in your inbox every morning by subscribing to the Reset newsletter. Just go to wbez.org slash Reset News to sign up and join the conversation. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.